0: Hi, and welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I am the host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about parenting stuff. Lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Today I'm talking with Chris. He's a dad to four children, a children's pastor, and the founder of Kaleidoscope, which produces kids' Bibles that are age-appropriate for elementary age kids. So we talk about Kaleidoscope— how it began. We also talk about how to help your kids know and follow Jesus and some things about church and children's ministry. He is a wealth of wisdom, and here's our conversation. So, tell me about what compelled you to create Kaleidoscope and the story of how it came to be.
1: I've been a kids pastor for just over 11 years now and have worked with kids for 15 years. I was an elementary ed major, so I've always loved working with children. Like, that's always been kind of the Lord's call on my life. And as I've worked with children, I just started to notice that kids were really excited about church and the Bible and learning when they're in pre-K and kindergarten and even in the first grade. Uh, I started noticing like around second, third, fourth grade, their interest in spiritual things a lot of times just started to dwindle. Interesting. And I felt like There's probably a lot of factors involved in that Um, Mm -hmm. right around that time. A lot of kids start in dance camps and, you know, there's, there's just more distractions that come into a child's life, the older that they get. But I felt like at least one of the missing components was um, good transitional resources because I just noticed children, uh, you know, first, second grade, they start getting self-conscious and they don't want to be a baby anymore. They're done with their baby Bible, um, as good as it was they've read through it a hundred times so they they know everything and they're. but like really the next best thing I had to give them was an adult translation and it would be like in a children's bible format but the text itself was still written at a high school level absolutely yep and it's God's word and it is good and there's nothing wrong with it um, we're not out to like fix something that's wrong. But what we're trying to do is provide a resource that would more um, effectively transition to adult translations. Yeah, And so, you know, kind of like a big aha moment for me was when my own children were kind of coming through my children's ministry. Mm -hmm. And I was noticing the same thing kind of playing out with them. And you're seeing it in the home too now. So it's like, it's not just at church. I'm seeing it in the home. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's no longer theoretical. It yeah. <laughs> is, um, it is real time right yeah. in front of me. My my oldest son, he, he was a pretty uh, early reader and he started reading chapter books when he was in kindergarten um, and just, you know, way ahead. But like uh, I started noticing that he really gravitated towards, um, towards chapter books mm-hmm. and uh, he was reading magic tree house books and, oh, yeah you know, boxcar children, and like all of these like great classic books. And I was like, there's something about this chapter book, four, or five pages a chapter, keeps them motivated, keeps them moving. There's some illustrations, but not like overly illustrated that, you know, kids just really love. And so I thought, what if we could retell the Bible in an elementary language in a chapter book format, uh, where kids would um, feel like, They learned something, they got Mm -hmm. something at their level, they didn't feel overwhelmed and confused, Mm -hmm. and they were motivated to read the next book.
0: So so you just started like writing these?
1: Yeah. So so the initial idea was actually not to do chapter books. That came along a little bit later. The initial idea was just to write a very small book on Acts with four stories that we were going to give to our children at my church for BBS. I was just going to give them like a take-home resource. And so I reached out to uh, to a former student who was actually in my first, like, fifth grade class when I was a children's pastor, and she had become an illustrator. And it was like, and so I asked, you know, Maggie Sneed, uh, I said, you know, hey, would you be willing to illustrate this for me? And she said, sure, I'll, I'll work with you on this. And so I wrote those four stories and I was sharing it with some of the parents in our church the idea and the concept and everything, they, uh, they were like, this is really great. What if you could do the whole book of acts? (laughs) Uh, and which just got me thinking, and I'm a dreamer and I'm a starter. And I was like, yeah, what if we could do the whole Bible? (laughs) And so we, uh, launched a Kickstarter and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how much money I needed. Yeah. Uh, I need I really needed to raise about ten times as much money as I actually did uh, as before.
0: it usually goes I feel like right. yeah
1: right you never realize what you need until you're actually in it <laughs> and uh, we raised the money the goal that I set uh, in 11 days and uh, that if you'll remember that was right around the time that the world was shutting down
0: oh yeah
1: around March 11th and that date sticks out to me because that's my wife's birthday I feel like right around there a couple days after that We got a couple of, um, Kickstarter donations after that, Mm -hmm. but not much. I mean, like things really came to a screeching halt, Yeah, Um, but we had the money that we needed to start. And so I always say, I don't know if Kaleidoscope happened without the pandemic because all of a sudden I had lots of time. Yeah. I didn't have a children's ministry for like six months. And so I had lots of time to invest in it. Yep. And I, I didn't obviously, I didn't know how much money I needed at the beginning. Also didn't know how much time I needed to do mm. this. And so the Lord was just so kind to give me that time. And all of a sudden all over the country had their children home and were looking for things for them to do. Mhm. So I feel like there was this like magic moment of my time being freed up and the need for the these resources at home where parents were all of a sudden saying like, oh, the children's ministry at church can't be everything for my kids. We've got to do this at home too. Right. I feel like between those couple of things and some relationships that really the Lord just knit, knit together really quickly. Yeah. Um, we were able to launch in a really successful way
0: that is so cool
1: now my wife would tell you that i was it, this was all super hairbrained and <laughs> and it was chaotic and
0: oh uh, we should have gotten <laughs> her on here
1: <laughs> she would tell you perhaps a different story right uh, because we had just had our fourth child in january and so <laughs> I was starting a company while we were, you know, had a had a newborn in our house, which, you know, had, had, if I had it to do over again, would I do it differently? I don't think so. Um, but it was just one of those like, OK, this is how I'm going to love my husband in this season. We're just going to do this together.
0: Oh, so. I I mean, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why do you think being a parent and also a Pastor, why do you think it matters for kids to experience Jesus in their home and not just at church?
1: So every time I interview um, a child for membership at our church, I always kind of remind the parents. There's this moment that I use to um, to draw the parents out so they can affirm their child and what they're seeing the Lord do in their life. And I'll tell them just straight up, I'm like, "Hey, like I probably get as your child's pastor." Two hours max Mm -hmm. with them a week. Yeah. Uh, And that's like if they come to everything. And even then, there's 50 other kids running around. And so I don't have time with your child. So, you know, the discipleship they're getting is good at church, but it's not, it cannot be everything that they get.
0: Right. Because they
1: spend the other 100 hours at school and with you and uh, doing all sorts of other activities. So I feel like our, we give ourselves and our time to the things that matter. And we give unspoken messages to our children all the time by what we spend our time doing. And so, you know, if, if we give all of our time to um, soccer or all of our time to dance or, you know, some other activity, while those are great activities and they're fun, we do them in our, in our house. Uh, The messaging is that these are more important than what we spend two hours on Sunday doing. So I feel like there's um, kids just pick up the rhythms that are developed in the house as they're growing up or the rhythms that they're going to carry within the rest of their lives. They're just very formative years. And certainly, you know, you can overcome that. But man, what a disservice you could do to your child by not giving them the means of grace in in the house.
0: So what practical ways have you done that with your kids in your home?
1: Yeah. So one of the fun things that I've done with our kids actually became a product that we have with Kaleidoscope. Oh, okay. I really struggle with like finding time, like, you know, with four kids in our house that are Mm -hmm. all like different stages of development. Like it's just hard to find time to be in the Bible together and do family devotions on a consistent basis. It's right. just loud. It's just crazy.
0: And you also and, have a wide array of ages. It's like, they don't have the same attention span. No, not at all. You know?
1: Yeah. So one of the creative things that I've done with my kids is we write letters back and forth to each other. You know, I want them to be in the word and I want them to you know be learning about Jesus, but like seven o'clock in the morning to read my Bible and write to them and tell them like what I'm learning in the Bible. And then if they have time later in the day when they get home from school to read and write back to me, that's a really good system. So like I put together this journal that I started using with my oldest son and we write back, back and forth to each other. Like we, we um, study a book of the Bible together and I tell him what I'm learning. He tells me what he's learning, share like just something special that he wants to tell me. And uh, it's like this big deal that he doesn't want anybody else to see that journal. And it is a special thing between, uh, between him and dad. And um, so we actually, we made it into a, into a product and people love it. It's called the learn together journal that um, I don't know. I just, I feel like it, it releases you from having to have this magical moment every day and gives you the freedom to create this memory with, with your children that yeah. you can, it's like an heirloom kind of a thing that you're going to put in a, put in a box and, you know, pull out one day when they're about to get married and say, Hey, look at, look at how you've grown.
0: Yes. Uh, and writing those down. I think often we forget how far we've come, you know, you're like, oh, I'm still struggling with the same stuff, or I still don't know this, or I still, you know, and it's like, no, but if you look back to where you were as an eight year old, like God has done a lot in your life.
1: Yeah. How old is your oldest son? Uh, my oldest is
0: nine. So, and you've been doing this with him
1: for, for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah.
0: I absolutely love that idea.
1: I love right. it. Because, you know, what, what we're trying to do in discipleship is, you know, th- there is knowledge that we want to impart. Like it is important for our children to know the books of the Bible, to know who the 12 disciples are, to know these like factoids about things. But even more than that, like, I want them to experience grace mm-hmm. and experience relationship um, and nearness with God and with, with others and experience their father in a way that helps them see Jesus more clearly. Yay. And oh, I feel like can get really frustrated meaningless sometimes when all our discipleship is, is memorizing factoids. Uh, and I want them to have relationship with me and with the Lord. Mm.
0: What do you think, because I, I love your perspective too, of being a parent and a pastor, what do you think it looks like for a parent to partner well with the church?
1: One of the things that a parent can do is to become genuine, genuinely interested in being friends with the children's pastor or children's director. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think a lot of parents realize what a tough job we have and what a lonely job we can have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I feel like if, uh, if a parent can come alongside and encourage a children's director, pastor, or volunteer, whoever is involved in their kids' lives, that goes a long way to encouraging the process at church. But then also the parent is going to naturally know a little bit more about what their kids are learning at church and be a little bit more invested in what's going on uh, yeah. at the church. And so I feel like there's churches out there that do children's ministry really, really well. Yeah. There's churches out there that do it really poorly. (laughs) They don't do a lot of teaching and they don't Uh, do a lot of, and they don't communicate to the parents what their kids are learning.
0: uh So I feel like
1: to the extent that your church is availing themselves to you of like, here's what we're learning this week in church. Here's what um, we're learning in Sunday school to take that, information and reinforce it at home, mm-hmm. used it as the backbone for discipleship in the home, or like even the sermon series that the pastor is, is preaching through on Sunday morning, uh, you know, study that book at home, read it together mm-hmm. at home, read the passage ahead of time, um, before church with your kids. Uh, so I feel like there's just, it's just paying attention. Yes. Is the big thing of, of like not falling asleep at the wheel, you know, pretending like the church is going to provide everything your kid needs. It can't possibly do that. I don't know. I feel like that's in a nutshell what I would say.
0: When a family is looking for a church, what do you think they should like think about when it comes to the children's ministry?
1: No, this is actually something I've done a lot of thinking about. Okay, And I feel like it actually comes from a really unexpected place. So I feel like parents ought to look for a senior or lead pastor who's invested in the kids. And so like, if, if, if you notice that the senior pastor never talks to the children or never addresses children in the worship service um, or doesn't like kind of, you know, just, there's not like a, a nurturing bone in their body towards kids. I feel like that's, that's a sign of a culture that is not fully invested in Mm -hmm. children's ministry. But if you see like, like I love the pastor at our church that I get to work under because he talks to the kids every week before they get dismissed for children's worship. There's a value placed on children Mm -hmm. and we invest dollars in it Mm -hmm. and time and volunteers and resources. And so I feel like you can get a good sense of, of how a church is going to approach kids ministry by getting to know the leadership, mm-hmm. just watching what they naturally do with children. Yeah. And then I feel like, you know, you have to look for uh, a church. It's your responsibility to look for a church that is going to um, take discipleship really seriously and not that they're like dogmatic about it or, you know, overly um, academic about it or anything like that You No, I don't, I don't feel like that's the way to go about it but if all the kids do is um socialize or eat snacks you know if they if all it is is like just management of your child for mm-hmm. a couple hours mm-hmm. that's not good so i feel like looking for a church that actually has a plan for teaching and educating your child and uh and recruits volunteers um that will do uh that will do the same but if there is nothing in place at that church to protect your child. Um mm-hmm. like if the church doesn't do background checks mm-hmm. or if the church doesn't vet their volunteers in a way that helps to weed out people that really shouldn't be working with children.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That is that's, you know, it's setting your child up for potential danger. Yeah. But I think it also says something about the leadership that they're not taking seriously the safety.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I know. Okay. Any other things you want to tell us about Kaleidoscope? How the best way to buy your product? Because you, I saw you also have like subscription, like.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we're really. I mean, the rest of this year is going to be really exciting for us. We're getting ready to release um, our 13th volume. Um, it's uh, Bright Star, the story of Esther, and it was written by Holly Mackel uh, who has written a number of other resources for the church. And is just delightful. Like Holly is when I met Holly, she is a firecracker and, uh, and she has children. She's a parent and her personality just comes through in her writing. Like, I I feel like through kaleidoscope, I've had these like aha moments where Mm -hmm. shouldn't be like any secret that like, I like some volumes more than others. Like that's, that's natural. But like when when we came out with Sound the Alarm, which is our volume on Joel, Amos, and Jonah uh, by Caroline Saunders, that was an aha moment of like, yes, Caroline embodies the voice that we want to have that's playful and fun and serious. This like tone to it that you're just drawn to. And Holly's book has a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. So Esther is coming out. Uh, and then the rest of the year we have Revelation. Oh, wow. uh, that's coming out in September or August, September. And then we have Romans and that's being written by Joanna Kimbrell. And uh, that is fantastic. I just got done editing that one. And then for Christmas, we have Luke coming out. Oh. We have an Advent devotional coming out this year. We've had a lot of parents request uh, an Advent devotional. So we have a really fun one coming out that actually Holly Mackle wrote. It's called Connected Christmas. That'll be coming out in October. Okay. But like you said, the the best way for somebody to, to get our products is just, you know, to go on our website, Mm -hmm. uh, and and the, you know, the, the cheapest, the most efficient way to get it is, is to get the subscription. They're going to get 25% off price. Plus they're going to get free shipping
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and they never have to remember to order again.
0: I know. So they they just come once a month.
1: Uh, every two months,
0: two months. Okay.
1: And yeah, so it's just, it's kind of like a set it and forget it where they're going to get the best price they'll ever get on the book, free shipping. And, and as a parent, like I appreciate things that I can just check off my list and I don't have to remember to do.
0: This conversation reminded me of a couple of verses from Deuteronomy six, and I want to read them to you. It says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul, love him with all your strength. The commandments I give you today must be in your hearts. Make sure your children learn them. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about them when you walk along the road. Speak about them when you go to bed and speak about them when you get up. Write them down and tie them on your hands as a reminder. Also tie them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses. Also write them on your gates. This is a really big deal. It's a really big deal. That God designed for children to find out about Jesus through the older people in their lives. You know, church leaders, grandparents, siblings, neighbors, that sort of thing. But a big, big chunk of that responsibility is on us, the parents. And let's be honest, life gets busy for us. We get pulled a million different directions. The world tells us a lot of things that we need to be doing as parents. And frankly, it's exhausting. And if we aren't careful, days or weeks can go by, and we don't do anything that is Jesus-centered with our kids at all. But God knows this. It's why Deuteronomy says, write them down and tie them on your hands, foreheads, and on your house, because we need things to help us remember to talk about Jesus. We need things to help us remind our children what matters the most, and that is Jesus. And this is why I'm thankful for things like Kaleidoscope, a fun new book delivered to your door every other month. And it's all about God. It will get your kids excited about the greatest book ever written, the greatest story of all time, the Bible. Kaleidoscope can help us point our kids towards Jesus. And I love that. I absolutely love it. I will include their website in the show notes for you to check it out. And it's a mix for like a great gift. So even if you don't have elementary age children, check it out. Thank you for listening. It would be so kind of you if you would go and rate or write a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to today. It helps other listeners find this podcast. That's a huge help. And also share this with a friend, share it with a friend that needs to hear it. Okay. Talk to you guys next time.